There's a movie I like to watch that always makes me cry. It stars Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Not the one set in Seattle, the other one. Uh, the one set in New York. Uh, and I will give away the ending. Meg Ryan leaves her house, quickly locking the door. She's walking down the streets and she breaks into a trot and then wills herself to slow back down, just walk. She arrives in the park, flowers in full bloom. She looks at someone on a park bench and then her eyes skip around the scene. She doesn't want to miss a thing. She is eager because she is meeting up with a blind date. Not a blind date out of nowhere. They've been courting each other for months online. They know each other's hearts, each other's desires, each other's snotty opinions, each other's tofu stir fry recipes, perhaps. But they don't know each other's names or faces. Yeah, they've been chatting anonymously online. So when she arrives in the park at the 92nd Street Garden, her energy is up and the wind instruments on the soundtrack flutter as movement catches her eye. Is that him? Is that him? No, just a random couple walking by. And then she hears someone calling after his dog, Brinkley. The golden retriever comes bounding up the path. Brinkley, Brinkley. Does she recognize the voice? Well, when he comes into view, she recognizes the man. And he walks up, I cry every time. <laughs> he walks up to her, they gaze quiveringly into each other's eyes. And she says, I was hoping it would be you. It's not exactly what she says, but that's how I remember it. So why does Meg Ryan recognize this anonymous stranger? Because for the whole movie, there have been two plot, plot lines. In the one plot line, Meg and Tom are courting each other online and they don't know who each other are. In the other plot line happening at the same time, their bookstores are battling each other to the death. So they both own bookstores and Tom's big chain bookstore is about to wipe out Meg's local bookstore. The industrial machine will annihilate the personal touch. So Meg is not a fan of Tom. And they argue and they fight. They see the worst in each other. But somehow through that, a glimmer of soul comes through. So somehow by the end of the movie, Meg is hoping that her bookstore nemesis will be that anonymous person that she's courting online. And it's a storybook ending. At the 92nd Street Garden, they gaze into each other's eyes and she says, I was hoping it would be you. So I invite you to think of a time in your life when it all worked out. Serendipity. A lucky break. The stars, stars alive. When did you have a moment in which your longing came into confluence with reality? Things worked out.
The story of Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks could easily have ended up differently. Maybe they meet online. One of them is feeling hangry and the spark doesn't catch. Or one of them shares the memory of a road trip instead of the memory of a baseball game and somehow that random choice takes the conversation in a different direction. Maybe they're one of their real life interactions just happens to be a bit too bitter that they can't get past it. So in this life we live, things can easily turn out differently. I think the fates are not in control, especially with specific people. Sometimes it does not work out. So I invite you to think of a time in your life when things just did not work out. Maybe you tried to study psychology and it turned out to be too much biology. You tried to study biology and it turned out to be too much chemistry. Sometimes things just don't work. What I love, one of the things I love about this church is we are here for each other. When things don't work out. This week here in this church, something didn't work out. We did not get a Hollywood ending. The penny didn't just drop right, the hearts didn't connect as they might have. So this week, our new music director resigned. The thrill of the movie is that you don't know if it will work out, and then it does. And the ache of this week is we thought it was working out, and then it didn't. We got dumped. Now that's a lot to process and process it we will. But what's the first thing you do when you get dumped? First thing you do when you get dumped is you get a big tub of ice cream and you gather your closest friends together. So this Tuesday, the choir will gather in the parish house. Everyone is bringing dessert. We will eat together. We'll speak from the heart with each other. We will be with those who make our hearts sing. And I have already brought my contribution. So choir, you will find ice cream in the freezer in the parish house. But we still need lactose-free ice cream. So pain does not disappear right away, even as the ice cream and chocolate treats fade into our digestive systems, those questions might resurface of why did she leave? And I, I thought it best to address that question with you today, rather than having you go through the grapevine to find out. So here we go. She spoke with me about it. Um, she spoke with Lisa about it. And she told us the same themes, um, but had a different emphasis with each of us. And she said that I could share whatever would be helpful. So she 
shouldn't feel appreciated or welcomed, both personally and professionally. Somehow everyone raved about her, but the message apparently did not get back to her. She perceived resistance to new ways of doing things. My sense about this topic is that the movie could easily have turned out differently. One more scene with some open sharing might have made a difference. There's more to the story. She told me that she witnessed moments of commun communication in the church that were less than compassionate. Now, compassionate communication is one of our interim goals. So this is not out of left field. This is something we're intentionally working on. But it still felt like an ouch that a newcomer noticed. And lastly, she also said that we were not as inclusive as we could be when it comes to age, race, and gender. Being inclusive has two parts to it. Having your heart in the right place and being open to feedback about how you were doing. I believe that this church absolutely has its heart in the right place. We don't want anyone to feel less than fully welcome, including all ages, races, and genders. My perspective is that our heart is in the right place, but sometimes we can get defensive when we get feedback. If you're feeling defensive when you hear that, that is okay. It is okay to feel your feelings. Um, my wife, Tanya, is a psychotherapist, and one of her gifts is that she makes room for her clients' feelings. They learn that it is safe to come out from hiding. So I treasure the lessons she has taught me about making room for her feelings. So let's make room for our feelings right now, and um, I'll go first. Here's what I wrote as I wrote this. I said, uh, I'm feeling anxious. We're opening to a new and unknown path and there might be stresses along the way. I feel a bit anxious. I'm also feeling bold. This is an opportunity to make some creative music. And somehow I noticed I'm also feeling playful. I was surprised by that, but it's true. Feeling playful, I'm imagining us having conversations about how to be more welcoming. And I'm not imagining somber lectures and the gnashing of teeth. I'm imagining us sitting in a circle laughing together. So now it's your turn. I'll name some feelings. And if you're feeling those feelings, you can let them come out in sound or movement. So if the music director's resignation felt like a punch in the gut, maybe you feel like saying, or some, something like that. So if that applies to you, let me hear you say it as loudly or as quietly as it feels right for you. If you feel frustrated, maybe you feel like doing something like this. That applies to you. If you realize you have tension in your chest and you just need to let it out, you might release a full-bodied sigh right now. 
and perhaps it would help to have a moment to just feel sad. We lost a good one. I'd be glad to hear any other feelings that come up for you. And if you need a pillow fight, that can be arranged. And these feelings are on top of everything else you're feeling in your own life. You might have complications in your life involving conflict or loneliness or health or employment. So we hold all of it. Now is a great time to support each other. And these feelings are on top of everything you're feeling about the larger world. Yesterday, I watched the police body cam footage of the beating death of Tyree Nichols. So those feelings are part of this moment. We have all of our feelings and we have all of the challenges of our lives. And now this. So this is not necessarily the moment to become experts in inclusion or compassionate communication or conflict resolution. You might have the urge to do that, but I think right now is not the time. There is time for that. I didn't go with the planned sermon topic for today. The planned sermon topic was, when should you seek first to understand and when should you speak up with your own voice? Today, I'm feeling like I want to get beyond the either or. It doesn't have to be listen or speak. Today in this church, we can have room for both. Wonder if you've heard of Bohm Dialogue. That's spelled B-O-H-M. It's named after David Bohm, the physicist. David Bohm wanted to have an experience in which everyone was experiencing everyone's point of view at the same time. And I, I used to be a part of a Bohm dialogue group. You, you sit in a circle and everyone offers their perspective into the circle. It's done as a free flowing conversation and you can ask each other clarifying questions. The goal is not to change minds. The goal is to allow all of our perspectives to float in the middle of the circle so that they can be held by all of us. Your anger, your frustration, your sadness, also your creativity, your musicality, your will to life. This is a musical congregation. We love making music together. We will continue to do that even as we continue to learn about how we do church. And this Tuesday, the choir will gather to connect, to share, to ground, and to imagine. I am glad to be on this journey with you as we continue the story of our lives.